Hi, I'm Nico. And this is Marcus. Welcome to Porch Talk. Porch Talk. This was so much fun, Nico. Oh, man. Dude, episode 14 with my good buddy Austin Snowden. He is a deputy slash bodybuilder. We went over a lot, a lot of health topics. I mean, it was predominantly a health and fitness episode. And then towards the end, we got into his, uh, his job and what he does. And overall, one of my favorite episodes. I know I say that a lot, but this top two for sure, next to the anxiety and depression one. So without further ado, give it a listen. Austin Snowden, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you, Nico? How was the drive here? It was a long one, man. It was a really long one. We're talking 45 minutes to an hour. Of getting so, here, so where where are you at? I'm I'm in Eaton. Um, just east, kind of uh, Richmond, Indiana. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I know Eaton very well, actually. I know a lot of people from Eaton. Uh, let's start with your background, man. Where'd you grow up? What do you? Okay, maybe we should go on our background. Okay. How, how right. do we know each other? All right, we could do that. How um, do we know each other? We met in, I think it was biology? No, it was, uh, physics. I think it was physics. Physics. Physics, yeah. Physics yeah, 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 yeah. with Miss, I don't know. I don't remember her name. We've <laughs> had so many professors. But um, the the cool thing was Nico, is ever, nobody really knows this because Nico doesn't want to brag on himself, but Nico's very intelligent. So when Nico starts getting good grades, Austin looks at that and says, eh, if I need help, I'm going to go to Nico. And luckily, we were sitting right next to each other and then realized, obviously, that we have a this fitness background, man. And we and we definitely connected on that aspect. Austin's a smart man, man. That's what you got to do. <laughs> Find that guy who's getting better grades That's than you. Right. Hey, what's up? That's right. So well, suddenly you see what you got in common. Now you got a buddy. Right, yeah. right, right. Now I have uh, hopefully a lifelong friend in hand. Oh, yeah, know? for sure, man. We so, still need to link up and go to the gym, man. I've been thinking know, about man. that. When, when you messaged me to do this podcast, I was like, yeah. All right, now we actually have to go work out. Tomorrow. Right, right, <laughs> and that's the thing, man. I love, I love meeting new people, and I love uh, being able to have this because um, it seems like everybody has their own like training style. When mm-hmm. you want to look at, it, everybody has this own training style, and you know, you're you're into this MMA type of uh, high cardiovascular intense training. I've been more known on the bodybuilding side of things and did powerlifting and stuff like that. So I guess I'll talk more so on my background first before people are like listening, like, dude, what is going on right now? <laughs> So um, my background is I've been doing bodybuilding since I was 18. I'm 24 years old, um, so I'm six years into this, and I will be going into seven years here within two months. But um, competition-wise, because uh, I know I can tell you're wondering, mm-hmm. um, the competition-wise, I compete about every other year. You know, okay. uh, I graduated 155 pounds, man, so I wasn't really the biggest guy in the world. But, you know, when you're in high school, you're like, man, I'm going to work out. I'm gonna get some, I, I need to get ladies. Yeah. You know? That's, like that. Hey, that's yeah. the goal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I got to impress women. But it, honestly, it seemed like, you know, every year I'd be able to gain about 10 pounds. And I'm on this eight uh, eight plan, you know, I guess eight meal plan okay. um, a day. So we're looking at eight Holy. meals a day. Uh, I'm spending a lot of money. Yeah. But how, how, how is it? Like getting all those meals in, is it hard? I mean, you know, when, when I'm prepping, you know, typically a prep, we're looking at anywhere from uh, anything from 12 to 16 weeks. So 12 to 16 weeks of constantly eating eight meals, you know, is a rough, rough time yeah, for me. Yeah, man, but rough on your toilet. Yeah, 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 yeah there's that too. Um, but, you know, the thing, the, the cool thing was seeing that uh, constant 
I guess, progress. Yeah. And, and being able to gain 10 pounds a year, you know, to some people may be like, man, that's a lot. Not really, man. When you want to look at monthly, we're looking not, especially if you want to break it down to weekly. Well, you know, we're looking at maybe 0.2 pounds a week. And yeah. And that's, that's a lot of meals to be hammering just in, you know. Just gaining even that Even days you're not two. even training, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly eating. We're constantly spending money. And that's the thing. When you want to look at price for every time I would compete, we're probably talking easily a grand. Damn, so, that's a lot just yeah. to compete in one competition. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely time consuming, expensive, and and but the overall the goal for me was always let's be better than you were before. Dude, that's so, a good motto to live by, man. Right, right. And and the cool thing was I got to see that transformation, and I think you've even seen a transformation for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you, you get to kind of work with the training, mix it up, meet new people, feed off of their energy, feed off their knowledge, and just keep adding and, and kind of building to uh, your resume. Really just building to your sculpture that you're trying to build. Yeah, man. Uh, I was like you, only I started sophomore year mm-hmm. training. And I, I, when I started to train, I did the bodybuilding-esque right. style. I was about a buck twenty-five, a buck ten, mm-hmm. and me and my buddy were like, "Hey, let's go to the gym every day for as long as we can." Right. We did that for two years, and then we got injured, and we're like, "All right, let's take a week off, right? right and let's right, replan right. this." Isn't that amazing? An injury happens, and you're like, "Hmm, maybe, I think we need to reevaluate yeah, this." <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe going balls to the wall every yeah. day for two years yeah. straight isn't yeah. a good idea. Uh, you, it just takes one tour groin to to change the model. Mine was change a the shoulder. Mindset. Yeah, Mine was that's rotator. a rough one too. Yeah, yeah that's a rough one too. But I went through a pot of injuries, so I mean, we're talking. Yeah, what are you what are you doing? Torn quadriceps, um, torn um, strained pecs. Um, I mean, I've I've done my number, man. How how did you get the torn uh, quads? Doing squats. And really? Yeah. So I used to do weight. I do um, some powerlifting back in high school. We actually had a weight training course, and we during that you know during this time i was probably 145 pounds and i'm squatting like 300 pounds Mm -hmm. so i'm doing double my body weight and when i got down i I think i was doing literally 315 and when i got down uh right at 90 degrees and i which those of you that don't know it's parallel is what we like to call that um i got kind of stuck hit like a wall oh so then you I couldn't started, come out of the hole right and i didn't have a spotter because i'm young and dumb and trying to be an ego lifter at the time hey. so i start hopping you know and you know as well as i do being in the training and personal training hopping the weight of, yeah. especially that much is not an intelligent thing no to do. it's not and all of a sudden it sounded like a crack of the bat as soon as i was coming up man it was just like it popped and i was like oh man this is gonna be rough so my uh Football, football for that year was tough on me, man. I mean, we were like wrapping it. We're like wrapping my quad to my femur just to keep it oh tied God. down. It was, it was a tough injury, man. Probably the worst muscle injury I've ever had, hands down. I can't imagine because you use your legs for everything. Right, I mean, it's everything. But right, I do have a question for you. What, what exactly do you mean when you say hopping? Like uh, describe hopping, what that like is. a jump. Like you're trying to jump the weight to make it easier for you. So you're putting a lot more strain um, on the legs. So say you know you have that weight on your back and you start struggling, you kind of almost panic. And mm-hmm. panicking is the worst thing you can do rather than just let's just let the weight hit the, the racks, hit yeah. the guards, and, and live to fight another day. But this was one of these things where I panicked and I start hopping, trying everything I could to get this weight up. Um, and it just obviously didn't pay off for me. But learning lesson for future reference. Yeah, exactly. You know? when, I, when I train people, I the first thing I teach them is, 
how to how to uh, drop the weight on any mm-hmm. on any exercise because I think that's the most important thing. Right. Like in the situation you were in, I'm guessing you didn't know how to uh, get rid of that weight properly, so that's why you started panicking. Right? It has a lot to do with experience, man. Yeah. I mean, you know that as well as I do. It, the longer the longer that we work out, the more exper- experience and knowledge we gain. And just kind of like I touched on earlier, the more people you get to know, the more people you learn, um, you kind of learn their ways. You, you just take a bit and piece from each person that you um, are training with or people that you meet and just apply that to your life. And that literally kind of follows in, in suit with you, you are turning out to be the people you hang out with. Yeah. So if you hang out with successful people, you're going to be then successful. You sh- yeah. Most likely you're going to be successful. Yeah, we right, right. we we preach that all the time. Absolutely, on this. man. So yeah, I mean the the background I have, um, I I went from powerlifting into bodybuilding. Uh, the reason why I switched, which was the big question everybody had for me, they're like, man, that's how can you switch? Well, when my joints are hurting that bad all the yeah. time, I, I felt miserable. That's, I, I felt absolutely miserable. That's one thing that I really didn't like when I was going through uh, like a extensive strength phase of yeah. mine. My joints would – I mean, I would be gaining weight like mm-hmm. it was nothing. But, God, it just – it was so taxing on my joints. Everybody who has this misinterpretation that they have to lift heavy to be in, to get in good shape. Yeah, and no, And that's you don't. not true at all. You know, in bodybuilding, we, we work with – maybe we start off kind of heavy with like at max set of six, meaning you're going to try to push to the heaviest weight you can do for six reps on like a core lift. We're talking bench, squat, mm-hmm. military press, deadlift, whatever you're doing. That's the, the most you can, the most what you can do for those six reps. And then everything else after that's really like four sets of 12, four sets of 15, four sets of 20 to 20. Yeah, you guys I mean, are, you guys are really volume. into the blood volume yeah. hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, hypertrophy is when fluid builds up in your muscle and it gives it that big, mm-hmm. big looking muscles, basically. Right. And I mean, all that high volume is just so good for that, you know? Mm-hmm circling back to the powerlifting so after high school did you continue with the powerlifting or did you go straight into the bodybuilding i I actually continued with the powerlifting but you know like at 155 pounds being able to set any type of record-breaking numbers and me just being only having the knowledge of a high school student you know that's it's tough for me to I made a lot of mistakes, you know. I, I have two di- bulging discs and a, and a torn disc in my low back because of my lack of knowledge. So I, I didn't, I didn't understand that until now. Obviously, yeah. with uh, the knowledge I've been able to acquire. But the the cool thing, I guess, about that is, I, I look at now. I look at man, like look at how far you come. Man. Exactly. Like look at look at what you're doing now, and. That, that's the cooler side of things where I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I got rid of powerlifting because I don't feel near as miserable as I once did. Oh, yeah. I, I can actually wake up, touch my toes, and be like, all right, let's start the day off, you know? That was, that was, one, yeah. that was one question I was thinking about when uh, you asked me to be on – when I, you asked me to be on this podcast mm-hmm. was with all this muscle that you've grown through your bodybuilding mm-hmm. – have you noticed any lack of mobility mobility that you used to have? Or I tell you what, man um, – that's one thing that I've worked on. I work on religiously. Really? Like, yeah. Like honestly, um, I preach mobility, yeah, and not a yeah. lot of bodybuilders do any mobility. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. Do you want to be big and not have any, like, not be able to do anything with it, or do you want to be big and be athletic? Uh, you know, if you want to be, you want to be able to touch your back or wipe your butt properly. I feel like you need to be mobile. You know, of course. Yeah. And, yeah. and you see a lot of these guys that just put on so much mass that it's ridiculous. 
And for me, uh, during my last prep, um, I did notice some mobility issues, and that's when I said, Austin, you need to you need to get squared away, dude, because mm-hmm. this is not – you are better than this. Yeah, and you're, how you're old are you right now? 24. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a 24-year-old so. shouldn't have – Yeah, which at that time I was 23 and oh, having mobility wow. issues. And then I said, you know what, man, I need to kind of um, – I need to cut back and I need to try to almost take a break. And I need to take a break from – uh, especially after that last competition, which I did the Julie Palmer in Dayton. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And, um, I, I ended up winning my, um, novice class in bodybuilding, which then qualified me for the Arnold classic. Oh yeah. So that, that was really cool. And that was something that was just really an eye opener for me. Um, and then I did classic physique and I, and I can't, don't quote me on this, but I, I think I either got fourth or fifth, but we did have – we had quite a few guys in that class. I, I believe, like, anywhere from 18 to 20. Okay. Um, that's a – yeah, that's yeah, a huge – Yeah, I mean, it was a big class. Yeah. But, yeah, the the thing was, you know, after that point, I said, man, I need to take a little bit of a break, give myself some time, uh, spend some time with family, and – that's what I did, and I, and I dropped about roughly eight to ten pounds in that time because you know instead of eating that time I was eating ten meals a day yeah. during that last prep oh my for God, sixteen that's, weeks. That's 16 so weeks. much food, yeah, dude. Sixteen weeks, man. And I cut back. I said, man, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start working on mobility. Start working on mobility, and now I'm probably just as flexible as I was when I played baseball and football in high school. You know, dude, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. How how did your ego feel when you lost that weight? Did you did you feel like you lost some of yourself when you were going through that? Or you know, a lot of people have that ego where they're like, man, you know, I was two hundred and twenty five pounds, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden I dropped, and I feel small. It's like, but brother, look at where you started. Exactly. Like you started, like you started at one hundred fifty five pounds, man. Like what do you? What are you mad about? Mm-hmm. What, why are you being so hard on yourself? Why are you discouraging everything, all the work that you've already put into it? You know, I I can I can look back and say, man, I, I want that 10 pounds back. But in all reality, that was probably maybe been the biggest phase you've ever been at, biggest biggest thing you've built. However, really, it's the worst conditioning you've ever been in your yeah. entire life. I mean, so, some of these some of these bodybuilders, mm-hmm. everybody looks at them like, oh, my God, they're the healthy, healthiest person in the they're world. They're not, man. Yeah, they're the complete opposite. Right. You want to look at some of the – which, in Nico, you as well – you know as well as I do that, obviously, when you look at the Olympia guys and you look at oh some of these big-time athletes, drugs are involved in that. Yeah, I, that and was going to be another topic that and I wanted that's to bring something, in. Yeah, and that's something that – I've never sat back and looked at that person and said, man, that's exactly what I want to look like. There's never been – never once have I looked at an Olympia competitor and been like – I would love to be that big. No. I don't want to be that big. That's like I have my own standard, mm-hmm. and that's never been my lifestyle. That's never been something that I've been that obsessed with because you almost feel like it, it's controlling at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you don't – you let something control you that bad, you got you got a whole nother – that's a whole nother force to be reckoned with. Right. Man. It, it's it's like passion just gone wild. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't even know how to describe it. How, how would you how would you describe that that energy? Well, you know, and the thing is, I, I don't know personally how that energy is, but I would imagine it, it's got to be pretty crazy or pretty, I guess, in a positive way for these guys because they keep doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, they – don't get me wrong. I love the fitness industry, and I love – uh, what I do and I'm very passionate about what I do but never will I ever turn that direction and say yeah man this is how I want to live my life 
I don't I don't feel like cutting yours off my life, man. Yeah. To to be that type of person, but uh, that doesn't I don't I'm not discrediting these people at all. You know, there's there's probably a lot of bodybuilding competitors and uh, power lifters and CrossFit athletes and stuff that utilize that type of supplementation. Oh yeah. And it's noticeable by the way they look. Oh yeah, no, How, no doubt. However, however, yeah, they probably still work their butt off, and they still. Oh are, yeah, there's no doubt. Killing it. I actually, there's like a statistic that there's probably about out of everybody that does like testosterone and mm-hmm. all these hormone replacements, there's so many of there's probably about I'd say forty five percent of those people you wouldn't even know was we're taking testosterone because right. they don't, they don't have that work ethic that everybody else did. They just took it because they thought they were them taking it was going to make them look like everybody. Look at the co- look at competition, man. You yeah. look at, you look at even our most popular sports. We look at football, we look at baseball, we look at basketball, anything, you name it. You're looking at people that are all very competitive and you want to be held to it. You want to be the best possible you, you can be. So they're going to do whatever they got to do to win. And it's sad that it is that way, but that's the reality of it, man. And unfortunately, that's that's really what it comes down to. You know, some sometimes they manipulate the system to to get to this point. And you know, if that's how they want to do it, so be it, man. Like that's whatever. That they're making all this money, they're doing it their own way, and that's the thing. When you make that much money, and you've already got everything you want, why not? You know, yeah. yeah, I think that 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 sorts of gets at like the nastier part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, as I understand it, steroids one of the main things that they do is they help with muscle regeneration. Uh, I or, mean, or something from, like that. From the research, any anyways that I've that I guess I've applied to myself is it's something that obviously these guys utilize to gain more muscle mass and, and it makes to, you to more it makes you anabolic yeah really rehabilitate and recover faster mm-hmm. so obviously those guys are going to use that and that's something that has been a downfall for me when you want to look at bodybuilding competitions that was, i go in there i go in there natural and i look at these guys and i'm thinking man like i can't i can't win you know i literally cannot win this i cannot win the overall in these shows because mm-hmm. of everything else that it goes into play in this. Yeah. It's like, man, it, it does suck for me because of how hard I've, I've worked over the course of my bodybuilding career. And that's something that I don't know that I'll ever get over because yeah. I, I guess I just haven't got to that point, nor do I ever want to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know what? Uh, I'm satisfied. It goes back to look where you came from. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Go back to your roots, brother. And going back to helping to answer your question – it may when you take steroids, it makes you anabolic twenty four seven. So what anabolic means, it it is protein synthesis, and protein synth- synthesis is the act of building muscle. Mm. So you're basically building muscle sitting on sitting on the couch, basically, and especially in the bodybuilding community. I mean, why wouldn't you if you're trying to get mm-hmm. as big as possible and as shredded and like just big, you know? Well, for example, they say. Hey, uh, Nico. Hey, Marcus. You win the show, you get a million dollars, and you and you are, you win the show, you get a million dollars, and you get this giant trophy to to show everybody you're the king. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sign me up. I mean, that's that's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they put a prize amount in front of your face. They say, can you reach it? Now, 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 dance. 
Yeah. You know, and, and that is kind of something I want to touch on too. The fitness industry as a whole, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy the fitness industry. However, this is a, this is a ugly face with a very pretty mask. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I trust so, me. I've been preaching that. Yeah. It, for it years. really is. So the, my advice to anybody that wants to get into the fitness industry, you're looking for sponsorships. You're looking for, uh, results, nutrition and stuff. Understand the vast majority of people that you look at on social media, there's so many filters and so many things that are going to affect. I mean, I'm, I'm just guilty for using filters. However, I'm always going to be true to my, to myself. And yeah. I, and, and I always want to look at, did you come to my, what did you come to my Instagram page, especially Instagram? Cause I utilize it a lot. Do you, did you come to my Instagram page and leave better than what you did when you initially came there? You know, did, did, did you learn anything or, or did it improve your life any, just even an ounce, you know, that's what I want to do. That's the part that I want to be into. But we want to look at fitness industry as a whole there. It's a money thing, man. Oh, it's all money. Such a money thing. Money is so corrupting. Right. And that's the problem. Do not. My advice is you got to stay true to your roots, man. Yeah. And. I think the way, what you're doing with your Instagram because I I see all your stuff and I love every bit of it. I appreciate it. Bro. It that's that that's the way to do Instagram. Like mm-hmm. I'm just now transitioning over my main account right to be more knowledgeable to help other right. people because I had a fitness account for a while. I should keep going with it, but yeah. I'm making excuses. You know how that goes. And I need to do it. That's yeah, but doing the fresh start. I mean, you look at yeah, I probably had my building. Instagram for years. Yeah. You, know, you were talking 10 plus years and you know, I've, I've got, uh, now I have quite a few followers and that, that's something I'm extremely appreciative and super thankful for the fact that people want to be fought, follow me and, and take appreciation for what I'm doing. And that means the world to me because I'd have never thought in my whole entire life that that would have ever happened. Yeah. And but the, the thing with your Instagram restarting is a, would be brutal yeah it def it was and that's why i think i stopped yeah but in staying on your instagram not only do you have a very good following mm-hmm. you're they're also so interactive to your mm-hmm. instagram page like and you I, you were doing a uh, drawing for what free personal training for a week yeah so i i like to give back and, and i think that if we had more of that in this world we we would be better off you know, if we continue to give back and just keep showing that love to the community and keep showing love to others, I feel like we can we'll obviously prosper and we'll, and we'll succeed as, as a group of people. So, yeah, I'm going to surround myself with what I consider the cream of the crop. And now I offered a free week of training, and that's nutrition and training as a whole for an entire week for four people. And initially I said, man, you know, I probably won't get too many people. You know, I was kind of tough on myself. I was like, I don't know how many people are actually going to reach out to me. And then I had over 20 people say, yeah, man, let's do this. Let's go. So because of in 20 people, you know, with what I'm at in my following, you know, people would say that's not really that good statistically looking at it. But and my mindset is if I can change up to a handful of people's lives from what I, what I'm doing, I'm doing something right. Like that's something I'm going to be appreciative of. So yeah, I got 20 people. Well, I did like a random draw. I got four people. And so far, um, each week I've got a new person and they've done fantastic, man. That's absolutely amazing. I, I really, I, I love stuff like that when people really like 
go out of their way almost to like, yeah. hey, hey, I want you to get something positive. So right. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very much. But I want to know, like, how, which came first? Like, you, you said you have, like, a big following now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, have, how many of these, like, sort of, uh, like, interactive things have you done uh, with, with your audience? You know, I've, I've done quite a few of them over the years. You know, here uh, recently I've been kind of slacking, to mm-hmm. be honest. And, and the reason why is I, I don't want – social media to be so overwhelming for my life that it takes away from my family and things that I really, really value. You know, don't get me wrong. I do value fitness and I, and, and I value being healthy in that healthy lifestyle. However, I value my family uh, much greater. And those are, the, those are the people that I truly love and I care for. And I'm not going to put them on the back burner because of oh, yeah. social media. And the the – you know, initially I was doing – when I first got my first sponsorship, I got my first sponsorship with Underestimated Apparel, and I'm still with this company because I absolutely love it. And I've always said I will never promote something I don't believe in. And this is a clothing line. They're out of Kansas City. And they instantly got in touch with me, and the owner of this company said, hey, I'm going to drive out to you and eat in Ohio, and we're going to do a photo shoot and – I want to meet you. So he did this literally last year. He come to me and wanted to do that. So I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'm stoked. Let's do it. He comes there, does a photo shoot, and within a week he says, hey, I want to make you a face of this company. Would you like to be an athlete? And I'll pay for everything. You know, uh, all of your apparel obviously is free and, and given to you which is great. You know, free stuff's always great. We know that. But I told him, I said, send me your apparel first and let me see the quality of it before I start promoting it to other people because I don't want to promote something again yeah. that I'm not, that I don't believe in because then that comes back and looks bad on me and I'm not all about that. So when I got it, I was like, man, this stuff's, this stuff's r- truly quality. I mean, it's good stuff. He puts a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. And I said, you know what? Yeah, man, let's do this. So he went to a uh, – long story short, you know, I ended up kind of being a face of this company. And that's when I started promoting, obviously, underestimated apparel. Excuse me. And I ended up really taking off social media-wise. But the other thing that really helped me was I got a really good friend of mine. His name's Alexander Freaky. Crazy name. Yeah, that's that's Crazy pretty name. wild. And he's a, he is truly a freak, man. And he's a, he's a bodybuilding competitor – he works for Gat Sports. If any of you know yeah. Alex, he's a fantastic guy, super humble, very personable guy. He, a uh, very good friend of mine. The reason we know each other is we have the same trainer. Oh, okay. And uh, Alex is a Russian bodybuilder, very tall guy. He's about 6'4", um, probably 250 pounds. He's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, but he's always been super supportive of me, man. And he would always do shout-outs, and he'd always have a ton of people following. I'm talking like – Anywhere from probably seven to 10,000 people uh, following him. So him doing those shout-outs, people looked at me yeah. and like started following me. So it helped me out. Um, you know, I, I was always there to help him if he needed anything. But granted, let's be honest, that dude had way more knowledge than I would ever have. Hey. I mean, but hey, I, I, those are the people I told earlier. You know, I said earlier, Nico, it's like those are the people we feed off of. Yeah. Those are the cool people that – Man, those are the difference makers. Yeah, so circling back to the you working with underestimated apparel, I had a similar experience, only I was in Arkansas. I, I'm 
I'm working with a brand called Bearded Goat. Okay. And they're a clothing they're a clothing brand as well. Yeah. And we were just walking around Fayetteville, Arkansas one day, me and my buddies, because we were down for the week. Mm-hmm. And we stumbled upon the shop. We went in. We met the owner. He was so cool to us. He gave us a bunch of free stuff. Again, free stuff is nice. but it, Yeah. And yeah. He, he, he was telling us how everything was made. He was mm-hmm. telling us the reason they made the brand. Mm-hmm. And it, it just really st- stuck with me. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, whenever you need anything or if you need – just if I want to be a part of this. Right. And right. he messaged me a week later. He was like, hey, man, here you go. Here's your right. opportunity. And opportunity presents itself, man. Take advantage of it. Yeah. It's just obviously we have to know, you know, it, it's like there's two roads in life. If you want to take the, the this road to uh, opportunity. and, and But the, the problem is, you know, I, this is what I always say before I get too ahead of myself. Um, we make decisions in life and – we, sometimes we kind of nail ourselves for making the wrong decision. Yeah. But there's a reason why that happened. You know, you're, you're going to learn from that and gain from it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, salt even looks like sugar, man. I mean, it's so easy from a distance to look at salt and sugar and say, man, this, I don't know which is which here. Yeah. You know, um, unless you get up pretty close. I mean, even then it may be hard to tell. But that's the thing with life. There's a lot of obstacles that come at you, and it's hard to tell what road you should take. Should you pick salt or should you pick sugar? And it's like, I don't know, man, but I'm going to do my best with this. And that's the thing. If you make the wrong decision when that opportunity presents itself, don't be hard on yourself. Learn from it. Grow from it, man. Yeah. I got a good friend here, and he's been through a lot in his life. He recently lost his father. Mm-hmm. Um and oh, good lord! That's rough, man. It, it is. It is That's rough. Tough. I, I don't. I. I could never. I can't even process. That. Yeah. I know, man. Jeez. But, but he, he told me recently that uh, he believes that there's no such thing as a bad thing in life. Mm-hmm. And you know, have considering that he had gone through this, I I was I was like, whoa! Like, like explain to me what you mean, man. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it's essentially that right. What you just said there, mm-hmm. the lessons that you learn, that you learn from everything that you're involved in. Right. The lessons that you learn are so much more important, and they can have so much more impact than any quote unquote bad thing ever right. could have. Right. And uh, golly, when, it, when you walk with really, that in life, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, man, I, I that that's a tough situation in itself. I can't, you know, I, I would never want to lose a parent. Oh yeah. And, and to and what's this guy's name? Tom. Well, Tom, I'm for one, I'm extremely sorry to hear that, buddy. Um, that's that's tough, and uh, the that is extremely manly, I guess. I, I don't know how to really say this, but that's extremely um, grown up, mature, mature. mature. Yeah, 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 absolutely, Nico. Good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So it is. It's, ext- it's extremely mature for that to have that approach because not a lot of people have that approach. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people, they're like. It, it's almost like you ask somebody, hey, man, how's work going? Oh, same old day, living the dream. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, man, why can't you – if you had a positive approach to every day you came into work, I bet you people would feed off of that. Oh, and yeah. I bet you other people would have positive I – have, I have a story about that. Yeah. When it was the second job I ever worked at, it was Marion's Pizza over here in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. And every day I'd walk in, I'd be like, hey, guys, you guys having a fantastic day? I was just getting super hyped up for everybody. Right. I always – was saying how fantastic they're everything probably jazzed is. to see you and man they literally told me when i when i turned in my two weeks they're like dude like you're the you're the heart of this company right, right now i'm like right i mean it's just the positivity you spread man right. it, it it definitely is it not only proves though like 
your like your quality of life, but it's improving others' quality of life. Yeah. And you want to look at you don't dread going into work every day, man. And mm-hmm. neither do they because they're like, I love being around this guy. Yeah. You know? And that's like I said earlier, if, if we had more love and, and compassion like that and more positivity, man, we would not have these issues oh, no. that you come across in life. But I do love the approach of there's not a bad there's not really a bad thing that happens. Yeah. It's and nothing but I haven't Yeah, and I haven't met too many people that think that way. I mean right. us three in our room and a what was his name, Tom? And Tom here, I mean, those are really the only people that right. really I've heard of or talked to that have that outlook on life. And so I think everybody can learn from that. So let me ask you this, Nico. What, what would your approach be to um, people that, say, are extremely negative and, and they want to try to, I guess, improve that quality of life? You know, they are being tough on themselves at, at home or in their relationships or their jobs or even, you know, as far as their favorite hobby, training or whatever it may be, you know, what, what would you even say your advice is to these people? All right. So I actually, I've, I've thought about this pretty extensively because mm-hmm. I had someone at the work at Marion's that was really such a pessimist. And I was thinking about, Hey, how can, how can, what can I tell him to help him improve his life? You know? Right. And, Two of the biggest things that I've done for myself that's improved every every facet of my life was, one, every night, write three things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And then every morning, read it and just read right. it out loud, reassure myself like, hey, like, this right. is, I'm grateful for all this. Right. And number two is just having a positive outlook. Like, instead of saying, eh, it's an okay day, like, right. it, say to yourself, hey, today's going to be a a fucking good day right you know and you're putting words into action because Mm -hmm. you're saying it out loud and your brain's like hey maybe it is going to be a good day you're passionate about those things that stuff works in my opinion that's that's just my opinion i want to hop in on this question too uh before i do uh today's thanksgiving eve eve okay so yeah yeah i actually want to encourage our listeners um you, you've heard Nico talk about about um you know writing down the three things that you're thankful for and reading them the next day um Try, try to think about that. Think about your friends and your family and, and try to tell them one, one specific thing about them that you're particularly thankful for. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that all to sh- you know, strengthen your relationships and make sure that you guys have a nice, nice family dinner. Um, but uh, so, sorry, to answer your question, yeah. the, this one um, – how should I put it exactly? Uh, I got to um, – I'm kind of stumbling here. Um, I got to a point where I um, I thought about like, how can I be better at uh, things that I do like on a, on a regular basis? Right, right. Um, Improving your quality of life. How how can I do that yeah. in order to uh, when I'm that? Thank you. I, I actually forgot the question there to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking about like, hey, if somebody else is out there trying to you know do this thing and trying to trying to really improve yourself, like you talked about bodybuilding, if that's right, if right. that's what they're about, right? How do I how do I get them to you know you know, try to encourage them if mm-hmm. they're being negative about themselves. Right. Golly. So I, I thought, I'm like, well, what if I have, what if I have like a hobby or something like that that doesn't really have any consequences? Right. Something that doesn't really, you know, matter to anyone else outside of myself. 
if I if I can get good at this, mm-hmm. if I can uh, my my particular thing is I draw maps. I'm into cartography. It's kind of nerdy, okay. but, but kind of artsy. No, it's cool, man. That's Thank what you, you like. That's what you enjoy. Thank so I mean, you. we yeah. can't be so hung up on the bodybuilding thing because that's something that's part of my life, or even really a part of the fitness things, a part of Nico's life. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have things that we love and we enjoy. So don't I mean don't don't. St- don't be holding back on the fact that that's something you enjoy. That's cool, man. Oh, absolutely. I, I trust me. I'm, I'm unabashed about stuff like this. Yeah. I describe it as nerdy because it just is. Like I just being honest. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Awesome, though. Yeah. But, um, uh, I, d- I discovered that if I if I can find out how I can just really hone in on this, really focus on it, mm-hmm. and and sort of perfect it in a way. Right. If I can take that same ethic, that same like, hey, mm-hmm. I just gotta look at it and. Oh, look at look at these lines here, and look at right. the shading, and look at the coloring. Right. If I can take that same ethic of you know what little details can I can I apply to this to make it better. Right. If you can if you can do that with your your little hobby, whatever it is, right. And then just apply that to the rest of the things in life. You won't mm. you won't have to be so hard on yourself or so mm. stressed out about everything anymore. You what you will you'll start to notice about and care about is oh you know at my job uh, we're closing up for the night. I got to make sure everything's clean. Well. There's a little spot right there, you know. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. if I can buff that out, right? I can make this place so really So l- let me shine. ask you this though, Marcus. Um, just real quick, well, do you do you have a religious background? Like, do you have a religious the uh, like a, a faith? I mean, I, I don't want to get too controversial or try to really uh, end up with a debate, but mm-hmm. I, I I really I'm always hung up on the religious type of thing because I I also I hold a religious background as a Christian, and mm-hmm. it's something that uh, holds a lot of value for me in life because of the things I've went through and mm. uh, I'm kind of just curious you, you speak so highly of having this good quality in life and being so kind of almost OCD about what you do and, <laughs> and that's cool man because that's the same way I am mm. uh, you, you almost want to perfect things so so well you know you, you really want to just make sure you're on top of stuff uh, well I yeah I, I definitely do um, with uh, with my family we went to a church a man not the church of God um, we we stopped going when mm-hmm. I was um, when I was fairly young, um, but uh, you know certainly not not too too young that I didn't you know get get the values and get get the, right. a lot of the lessons and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we switched uh, from that. We we started you know reading the Bible as a family uh, at home every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and that 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 slowly that slowly did fade. But mm-hmm. uh, my my faith hasn't. Okay. Uh, recently, I've I'll take a a couple Saturdays and even depending on the church, some Sundays, right. and I'll I'll visit right. some churches. Yeah, absolutely. here or there. I go yeah. with my girlfriend. No, she's Catholic. I go with my girlfriend okay. to uh, church from time to time. Yeah, man. I mean, and that's the thing. I'm not by any means trying to push any type of religion, and I never mm-hmm. I never agreed with pushing religion onto people. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have our own lives to live, and I'm never going to be that person where it's like you need to get right with Jesus. It's like, look, man. <laughs> you know, if you come to me and ask me for my opinion on uh, Christianity or just religion as a whole, you know, yeah, I'll give you my opinion on it, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the person to say you're doing things wrong in life because you're not being right in church. You're not attending. Look, mm-hmm. man, we've life's too short to be, to be like that towards people makes people feel bad and, you know, just let them live their life, man. And, and you be, know be grateful for the people that are around you. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know what? Like, even when you just asked me that question, that's where my mind went. I went mm-hmm. to, well, crap, when's the last time I done been to church? Right, 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 uh, right. But, but one thing that I know to be true, and I just know this, uh, the way that I feel, mm-hmm. rela- uh, Christianity or, or at least religion in general is about your relationship Absolutely. with the things that you believe in. Absolutely. Um, so, so for me, Christianity is my relationship with God and my relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus. Um, 
Now that said, um, you know, there are a number of other things I could do. I could get involved with some community thing, things right. going on community that I think would be good. But I try to do things like this. I try right. to, uh, you know, hand out as much knowledge as I can, help people yeah. with their ideas if I can. Absolutely. Man. Um, and I think that and uh, you said OCD. I, I like to think of it as uh, severing the wheat from the chaff. That, that uh-huh. That's a bit of a, okay. a bit, bit of a phrasing right. there for you. All right. I got to look at the things that I'm doing. I got to be introspective. I got to be vocal. I got to talk with myself and with right. my friends about it right. and say like, hey, I'm noticing this problem with me. Help me reason out what what can I do? <laughs> you know, because yeah. right. two brains are better than one. Right. But but it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Th- this is supposed to be a podcast with me, but I'm questioning you guys. But this is the thing, hey, man. Dude, like th- th- I love this is right. what I love about right. this, man. Well, we can and do that's anything. The thing, man. That's what I like about doing this type of stuff. It's like it's not just about me, you know. It's about you guys too. Like I like to get to know, uh, like I said earlier, I like to get to know other people, and I like to f- uh, kind of fill out and see what the background is. Um, the last thing I want to do, obviously, is offend anybody, oh, anything like yeah, that. Yeah. However, I I do. I do like to, especially for your guys' benefit, I mean, you look at your listeners. Your listeners want to know more about you guys yeah, uh, and kind of get, like, a, a background there. So, I guess, hey, man, Nico, what's what's your religion ba- religious background, brother? Well, I was born and raised a Catholic. Okay. Uh, I went to Catholic school all up until probably sixth grade. I've fallen off with the church just because, in my opinion, I, you don't need the church to have a good relationship with God, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've sort of been on this spiritual spiritual journey for the last probably three or four years mm-hmm. of trying to figure out what I really believe, whether it's Christianity, Catholic, Judaism, any, any of that. And I've been studying a, mm-hmm. a lot of religions. And what I've noticed is that, I mean, they all speak the same thing, just different words. Right, right. And... And that's the thing. I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off there, but th- that's you made a really good point. And when you started bringing up other, um, I guess, re- religious backgrounds, you look at Catholic, you look at Christian, you look at all all these different, um, these different. I guess, how do you how do you want to put it? Um, different ideas, belief systems, yeah, ideas, you know, beliefs. Yeah. So you want to look at that? Really, I've I've that's something I've always been really confused about. It's we're all revolving it around one thing. And yeah. that one thing is God, Jesus, and the higher being, right? The, the yeah. higher being, right? So whatever your religion, whatever your belief is, when it all comes down to it, we're really revolving it around that one idea. Yeah. It's just, it's like your difference between, you know, I'm not getting, I'm not going to try to get political because I don't do politics, man. Hey, me neither. I That's stand. all him. That's yeah, all yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave that to Marcus. But <laughs> this is the thing, man. I do not do politics, and I don't even discuss it. But it's this is truly what it, what it reminds me of. Your Republicans, Democrats, independents, it's like all of your different beliefs as yeah. a political system. Mm-hmm. You have all these different categories for religion, and it's all like, oh, this is, oh, it's this way. No, it's this way. No, it's this way. It's like, man. But we're all looking at one idea. You know, yeah. we're all looking at one thing, but we're all just disagreeing. And it, it's like, why are we causing so much hostility around here? I man? know. You know? Well, that's, I th- again, not to be political. Yeah, yeah. But I I think that was the goal of it. Yeah. Was yeah. to was to split people. It keeps people. tensions heavy, yeah. my man. It hey. keeps tensions heavy. But, but I'm going to hey. leave the, I'm gonna leave the yeah, politics yeah, 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 there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're done. Uh-oh. 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 Marcus grabs the mic. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think I think this is where it came from. Um, not 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 religion in itself. I think religion in itself is it can be a good thing. I think what it is is it's like 
I think that this is what the best person mm-hmm. should be like or something like that. Like that that's in Christianity that's what Jesus is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of religions have that, you know, you have Buddha, you know, mm-hmm. um and and I guess what religion is is it's trying to convince people of that and trying mm-hmm. to, you know, walk forward in a moral way. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's hard to it's hard to tell. Like you right. can tell in hindsight which way was forward and which way is backward, so to speak. Well, I'll, I'll but, but that that's that's difficult. I really think that it was it was people trying to you know be better and try right. to help people. And, and I definitely agree. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you this: mm-hmm. something that a lot of people don't know about me is um, my religious background. Uh, honestly, about I'd say two to two and a half years ago was not very strong. And I questioned a lot about myself. I questioned a lot about others. I questioned a lot about uh, religion in general because I, you know, I dealt with some tough times and I just was like, it it wasn't a depression thing by any means, but um, it was more or less just like trying to figure out who I was. Yeah, you're lost. Yeah, I was very lost. And it's almost like I I blamed the negativity in my life strictly on God uh, for, because like I said, I have a strong belief. I had the belief in that, but as far as like me saying like, man, why would you let this happen to me? Why are you letting this happen to me, man? Like if, if you're real, why are you, why are you letting this happen? So, um, I'll cut from that till, uh, last year. So we're going to look at, uh, September. I'll make this kind of quick and we can kind of jump onto my profession as a job, job profession. Um, last September, um, of last year, you know, a week, a week before I had an accident, um, I was at church that Sunday, and I took a big step, and I said, you know what, I'm going to do this not only for myself, but I feel like it's the right thing to do. They asked for everybody to come to the altar. It was a Christian-based church. It was in Monroe, and um, the asking of Jesus Christ to come into your heart and kind of, and, and lead the way, lead the path for you, and you want to be a follower. Um, I, I did that, and I walked away. I felt really good about myself. Pastor came to me, and he said, Austin, things don't think because you did this, things are going to get any easier. Things are actually going to get harder for you because this negativity is going to be really pulling at you. It's going to be a test of, of who you really are. And I'm thinking, you know, me being who I am, I'm like, man, what? Like, what yeah. is going on yeah, right yeah, yeah. now, right? Like, man, this is crazy. A week later, um, I'm working at um, an event through, um, uh, well, I'm a deputy sheriff, so We'll, we'll cut into that after this. And I, I was directing traffic at this event, and I had got crushed between two vehicles. And I had almost lost my leg and almost my life uh, in this accident because I had compartment syndrome. So through compartment syndrome, those that are not familiar with this, it's a crush injury. There's a molecule that gets released in the bloodstream, which the rest of your body and your organs have to filtrate out. The only way you can do that is obviously by peeing that out of your body. So my liver and kidneys took a huge hit. I was in um, the Dayton uh, hospital for six days. And halfway through that, you know, we have a, what we call a CK level, creatinine and uh, kinase level in your kidneys. And the average level is 400. Mine was about 4,000. Um, so I'm Jeez. in kidney failure at this point, um, which is called rhabdomyolysis. Um, it's a de- deteriorating, it's an attack on all the muscle tissue along with your kidneys, and it's a very rough, very, very tough uh, situation for me. Now, by keeping the leg and not having it amputated, you keep that molecule in the bloodstream. You get rid of the leg, the molecule goes with it, and you don't have to worry about it. 
Now, obviously, I want to keep my leg. Yeah. And the doctors told me, hey, we, we, can, we can keep it. We feel like we can keep it. So they went ahead and went through it, and um, my pastor came in, like my third day when we found out how bad the levels were. And um, they said, you know, Doc come in and said, Austin, you know, we, we have blood donors lined up if we need to do a kidney transplant. But also, we don't have a kidney donor. So that's when things kind of soaked in for me. And I was like, man, like, like this, this is, is real. Yeah, yeah, this is real. You know, I had family coming in and visiting me because worst case scenario, obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to have to be planning funeral arrangements yeah. on something so simple to me in my mind. And I remember telling my mom, uh, saying, you know, I honestly feel like I'm dying. Like, I feel horrible. This is the worst I had ever felt in my entire life. And I felt so depleted. Somebody that can bench over 400 pounds that absolutely can barely even pick up a cup to drink water out of at this point. You know, that's a huge, that's a, that's a huge that's a drastic difference, man. difference. Yeah. yeah. And um, pastor came in and he, he did a little prayer for me. And I was very appreciative of that. And... Um, the very next day, my CK level went down 400. So I went from 4,000 to 3,600. It's a little small step. And he had said, you know, yeah. give this time and we're going to keep praying for healing. I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Like, I, I appreciate the pastor coming out here anyway, you know. Uh, very next day, I dropped down 1,500. Oh, wow. Um, so And that doesn't just do that. that yeah. So, yeah, that, that so, just doesn't happen. Yeah, so it was an eye-opener for me, man, you know, and – uh, you know, some people would say it, those of us that are not having a religious background and, and I understand, I have an understanding. They're going to say that's the process of the body. That's anatomy. You know, yeah. that type of yeah. stuff's going to happen. And uh, those of us that do have a religious background are going to say that's a miracle, man. Yeah. Like that's insane that 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 happened. Because you went from like I went, you went from, from danger yeah. to like, OK, I mean, yeah, caution. Yeah. You I went mean, from you went from red to yellow. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a huge even jump. almost almost like a yellow green. You know, yeah. I mean, it was it was a miracle, man, that that even happened. And it, it was really an eye opener for me. And through that, you know, I, I missed work for 11 weeks and uh, I had to kind of relearn how to walk. Um, and it, it was a very tough time for me. And it, through that, though, it brought me a lot closer religious wise. Yeah. And it's something that I value, and that's why my belief is so strong now. Yeah, and that makes sense. People, people ask me all the time, you know, why, you know, why do you believe in this? Why are you so compassionate about it? If you're tough, if you have tough times, and you have no other way of really, I guess, depending on anything else, you know, that was what I was leaning on. You know, yeah, and that's what really changed things for me. So, other than your uh, getting closer to God. Mm-hmm through that experience, what else did you learn? I mean, did, like, did that give you any more knowledge from, like... It, hey, built, it built a lot of knowledge, uh, like, on the anatomy and physiology oh yeah, standpoint. of course, of course. You know, these are all but, things I was not familiar with. But did you grow as, like, a person, other yeah. than the religious side? Yeah, you know, I couldn't even make eggs by myself, man. You know, like, I had an old man walker. How humbling is that, though? Gosh, man. You know, when you take something from – you're just – you never understand how great it is to have what you have until you lose part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't walk, and you're on this walker all day. You can't make it from a counter that literally is divided by two feet to move a plate from here to the other side. And it's like you have to depend on everybody. And I am not – like, I'm – 
You I are don't, very independent. I am, you know, man. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, even when you want to look at, like, the, the the bodybuilding and stuff, I did it all myself. You know, yeah, yeah I had help from a trainer well, and whatnot. of course, of course. But it's like, when it comes down to it, I did it. It's like, yeah, I'm very independent, man. And not being able to move a plate, come on. That's man. humbling, dude. dude like, that, and, and when I first, honestly, and this is the thing, man. I'm supposed to be Mr. Tough Guy and not show any emotion or whatever. But I'll tell you this. When I first got to walk, Nico, um, it I, I I couldn't help but get emotional. Oh, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I didn't think it was ever going to happen. I, I was stuck in this this mindset where it was like, man, this is the worst pain I've ever been in my entire life. And I do not feel like I'm going to come out of this hole. And honestly, I went from one day of being in excruciating pain to the next day being able to walk like and you would not believe. That's no awesome. Pain at all, that man. is that is phenomenal. H- how do you like? It was literally like my eight week into the eight week into the ninth week. That one day, I, that one day was like horrible. I was using crutches at this time, and then the very next day, it was like I'm walking all over the place and no pain at all. I'm like, yo, that's what cra- that's is crazy. going on right now? I, Holy! I, so I obviously I couldn't do anything but just look up, look up top through the ceiling, man, and say. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much that is, that is for this because I had prayed and prayed and prayed and said, man, this is never going to happen. And every day I get up, it's like fire ants rolling down my leg from the Jeez. blood rushing back in. And it was, it was miserable. But, yeah, man, it, it was an eye-opener. I grew a lot from it. I'm extremely grateful, extremely blessed to be here in this yeah. time, especially with you guys. In the, in the Honestly, I'm, I'm here, I, so. we're glad to have you right now, yeah. man. So I'm, I'm just gonna assume that that's like your biggest trial or tribulation in yeah, your life man. so far. Yeah, man. It was. Yeah. It was. You know, through that I learned a lot about myself, and and uh, I, I really, I don't take anything for granted anymore, man. Mm-hmm. I do not. You know, you go through something like that, and, and it almost feels like I don't want to say you cheated death or you know you, oh I almost died. You know, have some war story. But in all reality, that's really the direction I was headed. And I'm yeah. not, I'm no superhero. I'm no hero in general. But all I'm saying is, worst case scenario, yeah, we're planning, you know, we're having a different talk. We're, having, well, we're not even talking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, but with with what, obviously, I'm, I'm meant to be here for a reason. Yeah. And that's what I believe. And the, the changes and the things, the opportunity that's presented itself from that time to now, it's amazing how much has happened and what I've been able to accomplish. It's just like, man, what if I'd have never got that opportunity? Like, yeah, seriously. Some of these people that I've been able to help out and stuff, it's like they wouldn't have had that opportunity. Honestly. And I mean, looking at your physique, man, you bounced back like fairly quickly, like muscle yeah. gain wise. Uh, muscle has great memory, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, that's so true, man. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, I, I have two quick questions okay. on the bodybuilding side of you. Okay. And then we can get into your job description. Okay. So, were there anybody? Was there anybody that was like a big influencer on you? And what has what has been the what what has been your biggest accomplishment in in bodybuilding? Okay. So, my my biggest and my my biggest person that's been an influencer uh, definitely my trainer. Uh, his name is Shane Wyka and. That's someone that I will forever be grateful for, forever be blessed to have along my side throughout this whole entire process. 
He's been with me for six years, and uh, here recently we've been kind of out of – we haven't been able to really uh, reach out and talk to each other too much just because he kind of tackled another job and I've been um, occupied with mine. But uh, that that's somebody I give a lot of credit to because there's a lot of stuff. I would say 80% of what I, what I gained um, was from him. And oh, wow. So we're talking a significant is, amount. Yeah, that is a you lot. You know, I give him 80% of the, the, the success that I've had. And the other, you know, 10% I'll give to, you know, well, 10 to 15% I would give probably to me doing what I've done, you know, me, the nutrition, the training, me applying myself. The other 5% would be the rest of the people that have have played that factor and and really kind of been a staple to my success. That's not to say, and that's not to discredit the people saying, oh, only 5%, man, that's not much. No, 5% when you want to look at almost seven years, that's quite a bit, man. You know, it really is. But you want to look at somebody that's been there through me, with me through thick and thin, man. When I'm in the middle of a bodybuilding prep, and I'm a week out, and I'm saying, man, I'm panicking. Like, I'm not leaning out like I should. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm freaking out. And he's like, hey, calm down. Like, chill out, bro. It's not – I've done this many times. I mean, he's worked with people for 20-plus years. Oh, wow. So, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, biggest achievement. Um, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, you know, last year I had – the Julie Palmer in Dayton, and I've done the show twice. Uh, my first one was at the Tricky Jackson in Lefty, Kentucky. I did that one at 19, uh, 19 years old. I won my teens division, and then I got third place in my uh, men's open bodybuilding. And then my next show, I was 21 years old, and now I did the Julie Palmer in Dayton. And I got second in my men's open class, so I went up a grade. Yeah. Um, and then, man, I, I think I got fourth, fourth place. Um, and I kind of, they didn't have classic physique then. I had fourth place in novice, I believe. Okay. Um, now it's hard to keep up with this stuff. Cause a lot of people that aren't familiar with it are like, man, he's speaking Japanese or something right yeah. now, you know? Um, now I competed again last year at 23, uh, again, the Julie Palmer. I won first in my novice compared to fourth place the two years before Won first, I won the entire class. A uh, huge accomplishment, man. One of the biggest accomplishments of my entire life. Hey, man, that's um, that is big. Yeah, and the other thing is too, if those of you that want to check out the the result on that, you can actually go to, I believe it is uh, HGTV. Um, they actually have an interview with me uh, oh, okay. on TV. If it's you like want a little to, bit of, you can send yeah, me yeah, the yeah, link yeah. and I'll post yeah. it on there. Or it's A and G T T V. That's okay. what it is. Um, so yeah, A N G uh, T T V. So they do a little bit of a like a kind of like a press conference, kind of like this. But they, you know, I'm standing there half naked in a speedo, and yeah. you know, they're like, "Oh, first place winner in all this division." You know, it's like, man, this is crazy. I'm about to be on like this is streaming live right yeah, now. This seriously, is nuts. To a bu- so bunch yeah, seriously, to a bunch of people. Talk talk about you being like, oh, nerves, nerves, nerves. You know, uh, really cool thing. It was really cool. Um, definitely a highlight of my career. And then um, along with that, I, I walked away with another trophy. In that same sense, and I think I may have said fourth or fifth of my uh, yeah, open yeah. maybe in bodybuilding or in my no my classic physique because that's classic physique just kind of got newly introduced because Arnold's like oh we're tired of all these anabolic meatheads we want something more natural and aesthetic yeah love that class I think it's great um, I still think they're trying to figure out exactly what they're looking for because. In our case, we had, like, the guy that won open bodybuilding also won classic physique, and I'm like, uh, I don't get yeah. that at all, but okay. Like, I'm just kind of – and that's eh, – there's 
political politics in, the, oh, in that course. too and yeah literally yeah. So, everything so um all about who you know but that's okay you know this guy still looked really good and i still gave him a lot of credit i never discredit anybody that deserves it so yeah uh, on that side of things, me winning that class was huge, man, because me qualifying for the Arnold was amazing. Yeah, and I mean, that, that must Then been. I had to make a big decision, you know. Um, people said, man, why are, are you going to do it? And I said, no. I mean, not. you're think, you're talking the best mm-hmm. of the best on that right. stage. And, and, I had a, and I brought a pretty good physique. It was the best physique I had. But when you want to talk about, okay, Natural you know, versus – but, but even then, you know, I looked at my open because I went into my men's open, which is what I would be competing in, is open bodybuilding. And my physique, I know my place. I'm not an open bodybuilder. I'm yeah. a more of a classic physique guy, man. I'm not this anabolic meathead that, yeah. that can compete with that. And I'm not about to go up there and, and you know, spend all this money just to get up there and w- walk out and be like, man, I, w- I just spent all this money just to get up on that stage and flex a little bit. Like – you, that's the thing. If you're ever going to compete, know your place. Yeah. Know, know, know what you're good for. You know, don't go in there and be like, oh, I'm going into men's open bodybuilding. You're not built for that. If you're built for physique or you're built for class of physique or you're built for o- open bodybuilding, know, know, your, know your place. Don't shoot for something that you, that you have no there, – there's no foundation built there for you. So don't even attempt that. Go for – understand where you should be. And go for that goal. If you get bigger than the, as the years go, then yeah. shoot for the next one. I think too many people get caught up in that. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. And again, they just want to, they want to get that rush of being on mm-hmm. that bigger stage and within in front of all those people. It's insane, you know? man. Oh, it's I insane. Bet. There's there's hundreds of people out there. So yeah, it's a, it's. I think that's what captivates me so much. The adrenaline and like everybody cheering and stuff. It's like, man, this is cool. You kind of mm-hmm. you feel important for once in your life right then, man. Yeah, man. But uh kind of like you're saying, like don't don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. Uh you know, like if you can do something good and that that's great. Mm-hmm. You should you should go out there and get after it. And that rush will be great. Right. You know, but I don't know. I guess the bigger stage. I, I think that's what it is. The bigger stage yeah. is just so much more A, a lot of people man. are scared to jump to that. You know, a lot of people look at uh, any type of even in you know you want to obtain a certain physique or oh I'm not a competitor you know Austin's talking a lot about competing in this in this podcast it's all it's not all about competing guys nah, it's I mean, not you know it, when I first started it was I'm gonna set my own goals yeah and I'm gonna say this is you know if you're if you're listening to this and you're into weight loss or you're into um, just a really healthy just, lifestyle yeah healthy yeah. lifestyle like you the the best advice I can give you is do the research reach out to any really any one of us mm-hmm. um nico especially myself i know reach out to us feel free to reach out and know that we're here for you guys oh yeah you for know, sure we're, we're, we're here to help you free stuff. and yeah and that's the thing you know we're granted you know we don't want to be taken advantage of oh and of people course. people come to us and want a whole 16 week prep for free yeah, or anything nah. like that but w- if you have questions reach out to us because that's what we're here for but we are here to help you achieve your goals if that's something you're interested in. And if it's something that you're you're scared of doing and you are like on a flip of a coin, 50-50 in this, uh, that's a sign to do it. Of course. Like, so don't question it. Just do it. Take the step. Come to us. Let us help you out. The only way to grow is to be uncomfortable. You cannot Absolutely. grow and be comfortable. You know, and, and 
I want to mention something too. Um, I, I listened to I don't know how familiar are you guys with uh, Eric Thomas, inspirational, yeah. oh, motivational speaker. I Eric Thomas. They listen to him all the right. time. Number one most motivational speaker in the entire world. Um, Eric Thomas is somebody that grew up in Detroit, was eaten out of trash cans. He had a really tough lifestyle, and he's someone that I truly look up to, and he inspires me daily. Oh, honestly. And there's one thing that he had mentioned. If you guys don't have, haven't had the chance, look him up on YouTube, and you'll find out exactly what I'm talking about. You'll walk away feeling like the, the best possible person you've ever felt in your entire life because he really opens your eyes. And the one thing he said was, and this is something I, I literally repeat to myself every single day since I've heard this, was sometimes we have to do the things in life that we don't, don't want to do in order to be successful. Yeah. So that applies to so many things in life. That applies to studying for a test. I don't want to yeah. study for a test, but if I don't, you're going like, to fail. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fail. So sometimes I have to study for it to succeed, to be successful. Sometimes I don't want to, man, I don't want to go to this job interview. Um, and I really don't want to dress up and look nice, but in order for me to be successful and get this job, I have to do that. You know, I, I don't really want to put in the time for the training and the nutrition or go out to go from training to go into the store to get groceries to, it's just too much work, man. It's too much for me to do that. But in order for you to succeed in what you want, your goal, that's what you have to do. You have to do it. It don't, you're wasting your time if you don't do the things that are making you uncomfortable. Those are the things. Oh, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Just do it, man. Yeah, and do it. keeping on Eric Thomas, two years ago, uh, right before my son, like probably ha- six months before or actually nine months, like right when she, my girlfriend got pregnant, I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to go to the gym in the afternoon. I'm going to have to figure out something. Right. So I was like, I have a, a great idea. Why don't I just wake up at 4 in the morning? So mm-hmm. – from that day, the next morning, I would wake up, and my alarm would be Eric Thomas. Yeah. And he would be the person that got me. He, he right. was single-handedly the person yeah, that got me through the first month of that, and now I wake up at 4 Such every day. Such an inspiration, man. Yeah. Such I literally wake up at 4 every day because yeah. of him. Such an inspiration, man. I, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree anymore, and that's somebody that, uh, like I said, that's somebody that if you, if you guys don't know who that is, please take the time out of your day to look him to up. Look him up. Seriously. And, and – Give that opportunity to really change your mindset. Because talk about mindfulness. Whew, man. I mean, he's, he dishes it out. He's the you, definition. That ends and you just say, wow. Like, yeah. Whew, this is crazy. But, yeah, um, I guess the next step for us to go is um, your job, the, the man. job, man. All right. So, I got, I got a couple questions for this. So, first off, you are a deputy in Eaton or um, Dayton? Well, I'm actually – I'm, I'm not going to give any specific specifics as far as where I'm located. Oh, okay. But um, I, I am a deputy sheriff, and where where I'm, um, I can't really confidential purposes. Obviously, I can't really specify where I'm at or exactly my the location. But I, I will say this: I, I'm a deputy sheriff. I'm also a school resource officer. Uh, so I work the road, and I also during the school uh, the time that the school's in session, I am there at the school. You know, I'm there to be the shield and armor as you will for the school in case of worst case scenario and god forbid that happen ever happen but i'll promise you this man i built the rapport that i built with these kids and, and the the how grateful and blessed i am to be in the situation i am right now oh i bet you know i, I i'd take a bullet for every one of these kids i mean this is something that has completely changed my life 
and it's something I'm going to kind of even push back to my religion side of things, you know, I never would have thought that this was a position I would have had the opportunity to be uh, in. And it's also a position where I don't only protect and, and keep the kids safe, but I also teach a curriculum. Also the class I teach. Um, yeah. That's so, awesome. So I get to, I get to help with um, making good decisions inside and outside of the school. Uh, I help with drug interdiction. I also work with the counselors a lot in the school to help with kids that are in poverty and, and not so fortunate uh, in their positions. Finance, yeah, yeah. Right, financing and stuff like that. So we're, we've worked very hard on getting and uh, raising money and uh, getting that money to for clothes and shoes and food and all these and canned goods and stuff like that for these kids. Um, I have K through 12, so I've got a lot oh, of kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, i got you're a lot of kids. Whole, you're the yeah. whole academic. Yeah, so I have a lot of kids. And the, the, the cool thing is the younger kids um, treat me like I'm Batman. Um, yeah. You know, they, they are all about it. And I've actually introduced what I call the high five rule. And that means when they come in to see me in the morning, they got to say good morning and give me a high five. So you can imagine how much hand sanitizer oh, yeah. I'm using oh, in the wow. morning. So um, you yeah. get, you yeah. not only do you get to protect these kids that, God forbid, right. they could be in danger at mm-hmm. one point. But you also get to teach them these awesome, valuable lessons, right. and you get to make that just that bond that I feel like I have with my son, right. especially right. those k- kindergartners. Right. I mean, that's just that must be an amazing experience yeah. for you. And I'll tell you guys, you know, um, initially when I first got there, you know, these kids are really walking on eggshells around me because you know there's a cop in the yeah. school, and it's something that they're obviously they're like, oh man, this is this is weird. We never had this before. This is the first time we've ever had this, and I knew then that I had to make a difference. I had to take a stance and I had to show them I'm an approachable person and I'm here for them. I'm here to support them. And initially I called them students, but now man, three to four months into this, I'm like, these are my kids, yeah. you know? And that just shows how the, how the bond has changed Oh yeah. and how things have shifted. You know, I, I'm more familiar with names. I'm more familiar with these kids and I'm having so many kids come to me and approach me and ask me questions and ask me advice on life and things of that nature. It's like, you don't understand how cool of an opportunity that is until it presents itself. It just goes to show you, you know, as a police officer, you know, I've never, I never went into this trying to make situations worse for people. Of course. You know, I, and regardless of what, you know, what incident I was on, whether it be a traffic stop, a domestic, whatever it is, I was never there to say, how can I make this person's life absolutely miserable? You know, I wanted to be the person to help them. I wanted to be the person. How can I, what can I do to help you with this situation? What can I do to not take somebody to jail? You know, what can I do to really just get to the best possible outcome as possible? I mean, it was never, it never once. And, you know, in this generation, we look at, we have these race issues and ethnicity issues and all this yeah. stuff. And it's like, man, I've never once sat, never once had I sat here or even looked uh, at a call and showed up to a call and ever singled anybody out for that. And the thing is, I have I have friends of all ethnicities, all oh, races of course. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it just shows, you know, if there is one situation that gets brought up on the news, it's like, man, we're all paying for this. Of course. And it's like. And that was the, the, that was the big I'm question. I'm telling you, man, the vast majority of the people that I work with, I'm telling you, great people, single-handedly great people, some of the best people we ever meet. And we go to, we go to work with positive attitudes and when we get there 
we want to make the situation as good as we possibly can. And, you know, I've had, you know, I've had stops where I could have sided people and because of their demeanor was so good to me and they were so nice to me during that traffic stop, they they were let go. They were let with a warning. And it's like not every time you get pulled over or any time you have any type of interaction with law enforcement, is it going to be bad for you? Exactly. You, that was my, that was my big demeanor. question. Yeah, because with everything that's happened, right. this is like my core question. Out of everything that's happened with the police and all the mm-hmm. all the crap they've been getting, how is it now like approaching people? Do they do they have that different outlook like, "Oh, he's going to be racist mm-hmm. to me or oh, I'm going to be I mean, you get you get those handful of people, I guess, you know. So you it's go, not like as prevalent as I think. Uh, well, you know, honestly, Nico, the 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 thing is now it, it is it's still not the easiest um I guess job title or profession to get into because of what you deal with, but I'm not going to sit here and want sympathy or empathy because of it because I chose this lifestyle. Oh, of course. That's what I chose to do. Yeah. But, I, but what people are lacking is understanding that I chose this lifestyle because I want to help people. I took an oath to protect and serve and give back to the community. That's what I want to do, and that's what I've been doing, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. I'm not going to let somebody else change my demeanor and, and, and really just ruin the day for them and ruin it for me. Like, there's no reason for that. You control that. You know, event happens, you respond to it, yeah. there's your outcome. Okay? I don't, it's like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the R factor, but that that's really the background of it. An event happens – you respond either good, above the line, or below the line, and then you have your outcome. Okay. okay. So you have to choose what you're going to do. And I've had situations where they responded below the line, I responded and above the line, and still had a positive outcome. Because if I start if I start down here, I have all this room to work. You know, I have all this room to give. But if I start so intense and so negative at the top, I don't have much room till I hit the ceiling. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't have – we don't have time for that, and that's not what I'm here for. And I and I think that's what people are misconstruing is. Um, and what doesn't help is, you know, for example, you know, Nico Marcus, you guys had one bad outing with uh, with a police officer. There's probably a good chance the next time you have a, a, any type of experience with law enforcement, you're probably gonna not be good. a little biased on that yeah. because you're gonna say, "Oh man, I, I ain't all about this." You know the the police ain't this isn't my lifestyle you know this is not i'm not i'm not a fan of law enforcement because of one bad outing yeah that's what works against us you know um and then um you know we we really just try to do the best possible job we can do you know and and it is tough right now because of uh the news doesn't help yeah but um it's it's still something that i look forward to going to and doing my job that's awesome man and i got one last question, then I am done, and Marcus can take over because I know he's he's got a, I know he's got a bunch of. He's them a steward over here. Yeah, he's he is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what have you learned from going through the process of becoming a police officer and mm-hmm. your and you being in the force now, and what from bodybuilding did you take over to help you with being a police officer? Well, I guess I'll touch on the last one first. Bodybuilding helped me with, obviously, if you want to get into altercation. Um, it's not something that I abuse. It's not like a use of force thing where I, oh, man, I'm going to muscle through these guys or I'm going to abuse my power. It's it's never been something like that. But it's me wanting to be physically fit enough to, if I get attacked or something goes downhill, that I can at least defend myself. 
and I can be have some sort of athleticism to either chase people or, like I said, you know, if you're in a fight, man, you want to make sure you want to do everything you can to try to win that fight. Um, that that's something that obviously has been a bit of a big benefit to me. Um, so yeah, they utilized me a lot for <laughs> altercation, I guess. But the the thing is though, I'm very uh, I don't I don't jump the gun on that. You know, a lot of people would I guess look at me and say, man, this guy probably. He's probably just waiting for somebody to mouth off to him the wrong way just so he can try to abuse his power. It's never been like that, man. I'm actually one of the probably the most easiest going guys on the force, and I'm going to be the first one to tell you, you know, what, what, or first one to ask you, what, what can we do to help you out, man? Like, what, what can we do to try to alleviate the issue and make this a better day for you? I don't want to jump the gun and make situations worse for people, you know? Um, your first question. Um, what have you learned from going through the police academy okay. and through your working okay. for the years you've worked? So, <laughs> I'll tell you this, man. Um, I'm going to kind of go back to the school, what, I, what I've learned recently. Um, you know, I've been with the office for six years. I started at 18 inside of a jail. So, um, I, I worked inside of the jail and I also then um, jumped to the road right at 21. So, I've been doing this for some time. Uh, I learned a lot from the jail. I learned a lot from the road. I did transportation of inmates. I did a lot of stuff, you know, and um, I've, I've gained a lot of experience and a lot of maturity because at 18, you go into a jail setting, you get to tell grown men what to do. Sometimes it doesn't go so well. Uh, like I said, I graduated 155 pounds, man. Yeah. It's not going to go well <laughs> and a baby face. It's not good, man. And I still got a baby face, but it's not it's the severity. It's not as bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on break right now, so I got a little bit of facial hair. I feel like a man for a second. <laughs> but um, so uh, the learning thing, you know, going back to the school, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this real quick, and I actually did a testimony at church this past Sunday on this. Um, I'm gonna give you two, two situations that arose. Um, I had a uh, first grader that he had tore up shoes, and his, he only had, he only owned two pairs of shoes, and he. We got him new shoes. You know, we got him new shoes. He was really stoked about it. He thanked us and thanked us and thanked us probably 30 to 45 minutes straight. He comes back the next day, and he brings his, what he calls his best pair of shoes back, and he wants to donate them back to us to give them to another student. So you want to look at that, man. You want to talk about miracles worked in them itself. That is a real eye-opener. You know, a first grader, guys, a first grader that – has that thought process to want to give back after being some after someone giving to him he knows the feeling that he got from receiving that and how appreciative he was of that he wanted to give that same feeling to some other kid mm-hmm. and it's like you can't help but let that really kind of hit you hard you know that really makes you realize man if we were able to apply this if we we're able to apply this um really just to life in general how i mean how how different things would be now, um, the other incident, you know, I, like I said, I teach curriculum. So teaching, teaching curriculum, I, um, Mika's wandering around Mika over here. So, um, I, te- I teach curriculum. So um, I had a making decision course. I, I had 68 seats in this lecture hall, right? I filled up 40 seats my very first time, you know, teaching. Um, 40 seats. I walked out of there and I said, you know what, man, I, I did pretty good. 40 out of 68. I feel like I did fairly well. And, um, then again, I sat back and I said, you know, man, this isn't good enough. Like I, I need to fill this to capacity. And I knew I had three weeks to my next lecture, which was drug and addiction. 
ad that talks about substance abuse and just drug information in general. And I said, you know, this is, I need to pack it full. This is not who you are, Austin. You need, you need to do better than this. This just isn't good enough. Um, I worked extremely hard over those three weeks to build more rapport with students I hadn't had the chance to talk to. Uh, during lunch, throughout the hallways, having interaction, um, getting in touch with some of the parents and the counselors and trying to work with the foundations and stuff like that. Working very hard daily, you know. I'm like, you know, you're giving it your all, man. You're doing, you're doing everything you can. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I go to do this lecture, man. I have 100 students show up. Oh and I had them sitting on the floor. I had them standing by the walls. And... And that moment, man, you know, initially you really want to get emotional about it because you think, man, like I'm able to like this is what I've been able to do. Like this opportunity presented itself. I took I got this job and then I was able to have that type of impact on these kids to where they want to actually come in here and listen. Like this is not listen, this is not a mandatory thing for them to attend. It's their option to come to my class. Oh, I see. So this is completely up to them. Like, they, they don't have to be there, but they chose to be there. And they were jam-packing in there like sardines, man. I mean, it, and, you know, after that, after all the students left and stuff, and I had nothing but compliments, and after my first one, I had people, like, getting real teary-eyed and crying. So I, I had a story I presented about one of my friends that had passed away, and um, that was something I touched on, and they got really emotional. Word kind of got around, and it seemed like people really – really kind of understood me as a person, let alone than just a police officer, you know? Mm-hmm. They looked at me differently. And then, you know, when these students left this lecture, after I had 100 kids show up, you know, I said, man, like, I I couldn't help but go back to the religion thing and just look up and be like, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Like, yeah. thank you so much for – because I, I prayed a lot on that, man. You know, I really stewed on it a lot and said, man, this is something that I didn't feel confident in. I really didn't. I felt no confidence. I said, man, this is going to be tough, really, really tough for me to try to get these kids in here. And we announced it twice. We announced over the intercom twice, the day before and literally five minutes before I had the lecture mm-hmm. that I was having it. And that many students showed up. Wow. That is insane. They, they so were they were. You want to talk about how cool it is and the impact it's had on me being – it's so grateful, man. You know, being that grateful and that and truly that blessed to have an impact on these kids and being able just to help, you know, that was the biggest thing. You know, don't get me wrong. I've went to church and helped out with um, people that were so uh, homeless and not on, not very fortunate. They needed, got, you know, they needed people to work with the kids and stuff. And I love kids, man. I absolutely love kids. Obviously, I love doing my job. You know, I love working with these kids and having that impact. And between doing all this stuff, it's made me want to give more. It's made me want to do more and more and more to just continue to try to be the best version of myself, but also in return, bring that positivity to these kids. And let me tell you, man, over like the three to four month period, it seems like that school shifted drastically. And I'm not giving myself any credit (laughs) at all for that. I'm really not. But what I am saying is, goes back to when we first started this podcast. If you're able to bring this positivity and this positive mindset, man, you can change lives. Yeah, man. You truly can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the positive side of things, man. Something that's really, really cool. I love it there. Um, you know, I do have two more questions, but uh, okay. that was a great place, I think, to end this. Yeah. 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 
Um, so yeah, go ahead. Man. All right. So I'll give you as much time as you need. Plug whatever you want, man. I don't care. I'll send me links after this is yeah. done. And yeah. So what do you got? What are you plugging? Plugging what? I mean, what are we like talking about? Um, your Instagram. Okay, okay. Underestimated Apparel. Okay, so um, we'll go ahead. Um, my Instagram tagger is actually Austin underscore Snowden underscore fit. My last name is spelled S-N-O-W-D-E-N. You can find me. I have one of my uh, pictures actually that Underestimated took during our photo shoot as my profile picture. And again, um, we'll have this all yeah, linked in yeah. the description. Fair, fair warning, though. I am um, – I do have – I don't have it just open. Uh, you have to request to follow me. The reason why, obviously, I'm a school resource officer, guys. I cannot just have these kids running rogue and following me and causing <laughs> issues for me. So I have to be smart, okay? So th that's something that I, I don't – Those DMs, man. You yeah. got to watch those DMs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I honestly, I haven't had, I haven't had any of those issues yet, um, but – I can only imagine if I would have left it open, like what would have happened. And that's not me trying to be conceited or cocky or arrogant or anything like that. It's just we've all been in high school. Before. We live, <laughs> we, we live in we've the all, real world. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think we've all been there and seen like a teacher or somebody that we were like, I need to DM her. <laughs> but I don't think we all want to be on CNN for the weekend or anything. So that's, that's something that um, obviously you got to be smart about. And um, the, the other thing is underestimated apparel. Um, I have that actually in my bio. When you go to my Instagram profile, you can check all of our apparel out there. We have very reasonable prices. Um, if, you have, if you guys have questions about that, um, feel free to reach out to me. If you use my code SNOW17, you can actually get 15% off all of your orders. Um, that's kind of um, your reward, I guess, really for going to the website. And uh, also, if you reach out to me, though, I, I don't, you know, I also do some stuff with giveaways through Underestimated. And I also, if you go to, uh, reach out to me prior to your order, I usually like to give a little, um, send a little DM to my, to the owner and tell him to throw in a couple free stuff for you just for um, really just having the courage to, message me and say hey man we see what you're doing and uh you know we want to order some apparel oh, great man i'll help you out you scratch my back i'll scratch yours you know um reasonable prices everything's really good um if you guys have any questions about supplementation or um, just nutrition anything at all in general feel free to reach out to me i'm a very approachable person some people like see my profile and they're like what we're not <laughs> messaging this dude he's a cool dude everybody he's cool <laughs> i appreciate dude, everybody. it i appreciate it um yeah other than that man i don't really use twitter i have one i just don't use it facebook that's uh, more or less like for my family instagram's kind of my outside life and kind of um really capitalizing on fitness and i have a couple of posts on there also with um me as um, as a deputy and that's typically the hot like topic of uh, them are the ones I get a lot of likes on and stuff and I think it's because people see that positivity and, and some of the cool stuff that I've been able to achieve through that and it's been a real big stepping stone for me so yeah it, it's it's been really cool and um, those of you that follow me and are listening to the podcast uh, I Man, I can't even express how thankful and how grateful I am for you guys. You know, if it wasn't for you guys, I, I wouldn't even even be doing anything like this or even have the opportunity to be as successful as I've been to this point. You know, I really got to give credit to all of you guys, and uh, thank you so much for, for always being a supporter of mine. Um, additionally, keep track of Nico and his podcast. I've been listening to a, a ton of these, and he's got a lot of good material. 
we got things on um, robotics. We got things on uh, crazy, like, <laughs> theories. And uh, we got uh, stuff even on bigger topics like depression and anxiety and stuff like that where it could be really, really good uh, material for you to listen to and reach out to if you're struggling with some of this stuff. Um, please, please take the time and check out his material. And, uh, hey, man, thanks for having me. Hey, I've been Marcus. I've been Nico. And this was Porch Talk. Thanks for listening.